Hello and welcome to another anti-wellness wankery episode. Today we are anti-wellness wankering. I don't really want to say naturopaths, but we're going to say naturopaths. But other people that promote, let's just say hair strand tests and saliva tests and any other, even IgG tests, IgA tests anything around intolerance tests and the absolute ridiculousness of them it's it's really common for people to get things like egg allergies a whole list of shit saying you can't have this you can't have dairy you can't have gluten the two main things that get targeted but one thing you need to realize is that the dangers of relying on these dietary, like these tests for dietary decisions, number one, is if you already are coming into this, which is the majority of people, like the majority of people who do these tests are people that want to improve their health. And a majority of those majority of people are people that already have restrictive diets, restricted mentalities around diets, food, like disordered eating around food, and all cutting out more foods is going to do is number one, make it really freaking hard for you to stay consistent to make it hard for you to sustain this lifestyle. Number three, make it hard for you to find any sustenance, any momentum in this, and then think that it's too hard. But the biggest one is it's really reinforcing a disordered relationship with food, adding in more restrictions. And if anything, a lot more gut issues, which if you listen to my podcast with Gab Vendero, which I recommend you go back to, there is nothing more detrimental to gut health than an overly stressed body and an overly stressed mind, or even just an overly stressed mind, even if your body's not stressed out, because your mind dictates so much more. You can even be stressed out about a food that you're going to eat and cause a heap of intolerances around that food because of your perception of that food. But Back to what this test actually tests, it tests what you eat most frequently. So if you eat eggs all of the friggin' time, then what is it going to show? It's going to show that you're intolerant to eggs. Now, granted, there are probably some things that it might pick up that you're intolerant to, but the best way to figure out your intolerances isn't even going to a gastro specialist to do a colonoscopy or endoscopy, whatever they're called. Like even those aren't very accurate all that much. When I got mine done ages ago, the greatest cause of any one of those intolerances that I had is actually stress once again. The only thing that you can reliably test for is celiac disease to see if you have an allergy to gluten. For anything else, to figure out your intolerances, you need to pick one thing at a time, take it out for a while, and see if it your, your body responds in a favorable manner. You can't take out a million things and then be like, okay, I took out a million things. I wonder which one of these million things that I'm intolerant to. So that's probably where I will park that argument. Do you have anything else to say about the scientific basis or lack thereof behind these tests? And K, 
can you also explain the difference between allergies, sensitivities, and intolerances? I will do my best. <laughs> no, the thing you've got to realize is that there are no scientifically validated tests for intolerance. And so the straight up truth of the matter is that if there's a company out there that will sell you a test for an intolerance, that is not a reputable company. What these tests will look for varies depending on the test itself. But as you mentioned, one of the big ones is IgG. So IgG is an immunoglobulin. They're just a part of your immune response. And an IgG elevation after eating is just a normal part of what happens in your body after food. So the actual like mechanisms that they're looking for are not even related to intolerances. What you'll often find as well is that these intolerance tests will spit out essentially a scattershot approach. So I've never seen the results of someone's intolerance tests that come back and say, oh, you're fine. Uh, maybe maybe watch out for bread though. There's like 80 foods on these lists with like varying levels of intolerance. And all that does is it means that you now have evidence for what you probably suspected anyway. And you're like, oh, I thought I was not doing very well after I ate beans, so I'm gonna cut beans out and now you feel better. Or you just cut out everything on the list and if you did have an intolerance, which might be the case, because that's probably why you reached out to the company in the first place, once you cut out 80 different foods, then you're probably going to catch the one that you are intolerant to. And you'll go, oh, the test worked, which is a perfectly rational thing to do, but it's just not how it works. The only way to find out if you've got an intolerance is to just keep a symptom diary. And it is a pain in the ass, but that's basically all you can do. Now, in terms of the difference between an allergy, a sensitivity, and an intolerance. Um, a sensitivity and an intolerance are basically the same thing. Um, they're just kind of different words for the same idea. Um, but what we're looking for with an allergy. So an allergy is an excessive immune response to the presentation of something, usually a protein. So anyone who's got hay fever, for example, will tell you that when you are exposed to usually the grass pollen or the tree pollen that you're allergic to, um, you'll get a systemic response where your immune system just goes, I do not like that. <laughs> um, and you'll get a varying level of symptoms from like sneezing, you might get facial swelling. If you're watching the podcast video or if you're watching any clips here, you'll notice that I've got slightly puffy eyes today. It's because I've got hay fever. Um, and I had a hay fever attack yesterday. And so... I am currently experiencing the back end of an immune um, an allergy response. Um, now, that is mounted by a specific thing in your immune system that can be tested for. So you can test for, uh, for allergies. And the reason you can do it is because the response is specific and it's almost immediate. So if I was to scratch you on the arm, which is often how an uh, allergy test is done, uh, you'll get little scratches on your arm and then they'll put different things on those scratches. And one of them will respond within like five minutes. And so you can say, right, okay, that was an allergy response. We've presented you with something. Your uh, immune system has been challenged is the word that they use. Um, so unchallenged with this, yes, we can determine that you've got an allergy for it. When it comes to intolerances though, um, or sensitivities, what's broadly happening if you do have one, because they are real, like I'm not saying they're not, is either it's the case that this thing itself irritates some part of your gut or what often is the case is there's so what the thing that most people are in 
do have an intolerance is to something called a FODMAP, which is a fermentable oligo, mono and disaccharide and polyol. It's a basically it's a it's a kind of fiber of kind of carbohydrate that ferments in your gut. And for whatever reason, when that ferments in your gut, it creates an overproduction of gas and so on by the bacteria that are fermenting it. And that causes you a bunch of problems. Now, that's not every intolerance, but it's the bulk of them. And the problem is that this can take bastard ages to start. And so if you eat something, it might not actually affect you for another eight hours. Um, so that's why the, the symptom diary can be really difficult to do. But the important thing is you can't test for that because if I was to just take a bit of your blood, if you haven't eaten that thing recently, there'll be nothing in your immune system anyway um, because your immune system is not responding to it. It's your gut bacteria and your gut lining and all that that is responding. So the only way that you could possibly test is there might be a way to like take a biopsy of your intestine or something and see what that's responding to. But I don't think you can do that. So yeah, the difference is allergy is mounted by your immune system which is present in your blood and it happens immediately so you can test for it by challenging you with things and intolerance is happening localized in your gut and so you can't test for that because there's nothing in your blood that would show up because it's not some it's not a component of your blood that's causing the problem yeah and something else that you pointed out well you brushed on in there is you may actually feel better by getting rid of a bunch of products that this person with a crown not really a crown, tells you to get rid of because it's exacerbating your symptoms. But why is that? Most likely because there is such thing as a placebo effect. Mm. And like I said about the stress around food, there is that as well. But the thing is, if there there is so much fear mongering around certain foods that, and they're like, even within ourselves, like we just create so much fear around eating certain calories around eating carbs that we cause ourselves to become puffer fish because we're creating such a stressful environment that we're eating in. We're not eating in a parasympathetic state, which is your rest and digest system. And I guess this also ties into me bringing in that it's probably even a better idea to not eat food straight after training because your body is in such a stress state. You want to bring yourself into a state of calm before you do eat a meal because then you probably will have some bloating and indigestion. And this is where the breathing, the calm, even on your drive home from the gym, just like calming down or even doing like I always say, have a post-workout walk because then you can get yourself into a calm state if you are walking and not running but you don't need to run like a, anyway, but bringing yourself into a state where you can just mindfully eat the food, chew it, get your body into rest and digest, because then you probably won't have the same bloating issues. Are you stressed out? Are you overtraining? Are you under recovering? Are you cutting out your carbs? Are you fueling your training enough? Are you suffering low energy availability, which go back to the episode I did with Tom on that. Those are all things that can cause and aggravate bloating. And there is a difference as well. This is something that you can talk about. There is a difference between a gluten allergy and a wheat allergy. You might only be allergic to wheat, for example. Gluten, you usually feel it in your bones. You usually feel it systemically 
versus locally or whatever the, I'll let you explain it in better detail because I'm sure you can explain it to a better extent than I can. But there is a difference between that as well because you might be able to eat gluten from a different source of food like oats. But when it comes to bread, that's when you might feel a little bit off. I mean, it could be the, the case that the dose produces the poison because you've got to think oats don't have gluten in them. Um, they've got gilladin in them, which is similar, but they don't have gluten. Um, there's just a large risk of cross-contamination in a lot of oats. So when you get gluten-free oats, all that is, it's the exact same oats as regular oats, but they're produced in a factory where cross-contamination is not really going to happen. Um, so for people with celiac, for example, they need to be really, really cautious with cross-contamination. Like um, a friend of mine and my wife's, Diane, um, Diane has to have like separate chopping boards and separate knives and stuff because her celiac is that bad. It's it's that pronounced that it's really risky for her going out to eat. She would need to avoid all cross contamination. But even if it, even if you did find that you did have a, an intolerance to, to gluten, you could probably eat regular oats because there's not there's basically no gluten in them. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 placebo nocebo thing is massive massive um if you have a look so placebo effect um is where if you think something will make you feel better it probably will um so this needs to be accounted for in research for example so if i wanted to find out if a um well i'll tell you this there was a paper a while ago to find out how much dianabol the steroid um improved strength gains and so what you what you can't do is you can't take a group of people and give them no steroids and get them to train and a group of people then give them steroids and train because you're not just comparing, well, this group got nothing and this group got steroids. You're comparing this group got nothing, this group got steroids, and also this group thinks they've got steroids and that might have an effect. So you get a third group, which is the placebo group. Um, so whenever you hear people talk about a placebo random a placebo based randomized control trial, this is why you you placebo it. Um, so you get three groups. One group trains, one group trains and thinks they get a steroid. One group group trains and they actually get a steroid. And the people who got the steroid made the most gains, obviously. Um, but the people who thought they got Dianabol made way more strength gains than the people that didn't think they got anything and that's an evidence of the placebo effect because they thought there would be something there's something um and there's a ton of interesting bits to this like placebo pills work but placebo injections work better because people think getting an injection is more of like a thing um i don't know how well validated this is goodness these <coughs> Sorry, I don't know how well validated this is. I don't know how often this has been replicated, but um, there have been bits of research on sham, um, like sham operations. So you'll basically go through an entire operation, but all they do is they cut open your knee and then stitch it back up and don't do anything. And people go, oh, my knee feels loads better. So the placebo effect's quite big. Um, but the nocebo effect is exactly the same, but it's the opposite. If you think something's gonna make you feel worse, it probably will. And if you look at the most common symptoms that can be brought on by the nocebo effect, anyone who's ever looked at um, the effects of uh, food intolerances might recognize the list. Um, so let me just bring it up. 
but you're talking about like bloating, loss of appetite, brain fog, non-specific pain, flatulence. Like these are all symptoms of food intolerances. And this is very intentional. If you look at, oh, here is evidence that you might have a food intolerance. It's the most vague shit you'll ever see in your life. Loss of energy, feeling fatigued, brain fog. Like, I'm not being funny, but if you've got a job, you will experience those. Like, those are symptoms of working in an office. And so, yeah, you just get, you get hooked in by, oh, you have some general symptoms. I can fix it with my magic test. Send me $200 and a bit of hair and we'll sort you out. Like, it's just, it's maddening. It's ridiculous. And something else that a lot of, I'll go back to the gluten and the dairy as a great way to sum up what I want to say on it as well. But another ridiculous thing that a lot of naturopaths put out there are detox diets and cleanses. And there are a million pills, which you really don't need. I remember I had a girl come to me spending $300 a month on supplements that a naturopath gave her. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a majority. Of course, they're going to make you feel better. Once again, the placebo effect. If you Mm -hmm. believe that you're going to feel better because you're taking something, you're going to feel better. But I think I would feel better saving $300 a month knowing that they're shit and not feeling like someone's attacking you when they say that all of that stuff is crap. I had one of my girls ditch three of her supplements, a probiotic, a weird other supplement and a fiber supplement that was causing a lot of issues and it's like too much fiber can also cause a lot of gastric distress oh god yeah and i don't like you're not meant to be living on probiotics either they they're there for a certain purpose and then you get rid of them if you are chronically taking probiotics there's an issue and you Mm. and if there isn't yet an issue you will cause one by taking it because Anytime you take something like a probiotic or digestive enzymes, your body's going to downregulate its own production of them. If like I reckon a digestive enzyme is amazing if you're if you already have a lack of those enzymes until whatever it is that's causing a suppression of them, which is usually overtraining, under eating, any of those things, is going to cause a suppression of them. And then bringing the probiotics, you're impacting your gut's natural good bacteria and whatever natural immune system is going on in your gut don't take it unless you want to cause long-term issues but then again unless you have a specific case that a specialist has told you to take it like there are people that are chronically catching utis as one example maybe that can actually benefit you because now you're helping that issue with let's just say lactobacillus because that's kind of what's prescribed to people that suffer from UTIs because that's a women's health probiotic. But detox diets, cleanses, none of that shit is necessary. But there are particular times when you need, quote unquote, a detox because your liver cannot detox properly. But why is that? Excessive alcohol consumption, not enough healthy foods in your diet, not enough water, like you need a healthy liver to detox properly. If you do not have a healthy liver, you are not going to be detoxing. You are not going to be getting rid of the estrogen, at, like the excess estrogen out of your body if you are not pooping properly. You don't need a detox diet for that. You don't need a cleanse for that. You just need more movement, more sleep, 
less stress, more hydration, more electrolytes, in balance, and a healthy diet of plants, protein, and fiber, which usually comes from the plants. Now, I want to sum up the, you'll probably talk about that one as well, but you'll probably sum up both of them. But I just wanted to quickly touch on the fact that people jump to gluten-free diets because they think it's healthier. It's not. People usually jump to dairy-free diets because they think it's healthier. It's not. People usually jump to them because they think it's going to speed up your weight loss. It's not. Unless it's cutting out all of your favorite takeaways because most of your favorite takeaways are full of gluten. That is why you're losing weight. Now, one other thing. You can eat dairy if you're lactose intolerant. You can eat dairy if you're lactose intolerant. There is no reason for you to cut out dairy if you're lactose intolerant. You just need to make sure that you know what dairy products have the right dose of lactose that you can consume, like hard cheeses. Soft cheeses have more lactose, like skim milk, like things around that. Like I wouldn't even have skim milk. I would usually go to almond milk, but hard cheeses, mm. easy. Now you can take over. Yeah, there's a lot of lacto-free options as well now. Like you can get milks where the lactose has been removed and such. Um, apparently goat milk's got less lactose in than... Um, Cow milk, I don't know how true that is because goat milk tastes like how goats smell, so I'm good. Um, but you pull in that face, right? Go to a farm that's got goats, then get some goat milk and drink it and be like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought it would taste like. It's awful. Goat's cheese is nice. I love goats, but I don't ever have, I don't think I've ever consumed their products. You can probably just get it in a supermarket where you can here. I don't know. We might be still just barbaric. I don't know. Um, That's you, raise... <laughs> no, you, you raise a very good point there. Um, oftentimes when people are looking at all of the testing and they're looking at all of this, it's because there's something not going right. So people will approach testing and people will approach all of this gut health topic because there's something that's going on with them. And we seem to have this attitude of like, I will do anything to make this problem go away. And what I will do anything often means is I will do more and more and more and more. But that is honestly the easy thing for a lot of these people. For a lot of people who've got issues, the one thing that you won't do is less. And if you're experiencing chronic gut problems and you're always fatigued and you're always experiencing pain, but also you're training four, five, six days a week with really heavy weights and you're also doing lots of steps and you're also trying to work really hard, especially if you're involved in the fitness industry yourself. And also, if you're just experiencing all of these problems, what you probably need is about three weeks, four weeks of like really easy training. Take a step back from your business and just let it cruise and just actually relax for more than two or three days. And that will solve a lot of your problems. But that's the one thing that a lot of people who say they'll do anything won't do. Um, it's the I'll same point anything. I've made. Except it's the right. same point I've made before about people who say they want to get stronger but never take a deload. Like, <laughs> I'll do anything to build muscle apart from take an easy week because I'm scared of it. Um, another important point you made is about how a lot of the time 
alternative health approaches are really fucking expensive. Like people in the alternative health space in the naturopathy health space will always bang on about how big pharma is so corrupt and big pharma just throws drugs at you because big pharma just wants your money. Um, but here's my $299 per month testing and also buy $300 worth of supplements from me, please. Like it's, it's insane. Like who makes more money? Big Pharma by telling you that you should probably eat like some whole grains and get some fiber in and also relax. And yeah, maybe you do need a drug that is scientifically validated. That spread across the entirety of Big Pharma means nothing. But your naturopath is going to make a shitload of money off you personally by telling you to take the supplements that they recommend that have no scientific validation, or if they do have scientific validation, they're not obligated to tell you what that scientific validation is, what the dosage is, how long you should be taking it for. And exactly as you said, like if you're working with someone who's got you on a probiotic for years, then it's not working. It's the same as when people go to a chiropractor all the time. And it's like, I'm not being funny, but if what your chiropractor does worked, you wouldn't need to get adjusted every week. Like, if a spinal adjustment is going to solve your problems, you would need that done once. Once. We're not talking about massage therapy. We're not talking about physio. We're talking about someone cracking your bones to put them back into alignment. If your bones are slipping out of alignment all the time, you don't need them cracking back into alignment. You need to go and get your skeleton looked at because bones should not be just slipping out of place all the time. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always found that really funny. At the same time, like, I, I, I find it really hard to break the truth to a lot of people because they never want to hear it. And then you're seen as the bad guy and they're not really ready to hear it because people like believing what they know is true. And we question our beliefs except for the ones that we really believe to be true. Like, yeah. that's the statement that I will forever say. And I just have one more thing that I want to say to sum this up, and that is sometimes we really just need to do the freaking hard thing and show up but mm. doing the hard thing and showing up looks different for different people are you do you need to show up to rest days do you need to show up to recovery days do you need to show up to get a massage done to doing more self-care is your hard thing actually slowing the freaking hell down or is it actually going and showing up when you said you're gonna show up there are two different things there because your stress could be all around the fact that you don't even show up for yourself. And because you can't do the hard thing of just showing up with the very simple things, you gravitate to the miracle cure that is cut out dairy, cut out gluten. So figure out what side of the spectrum you're on, whether it's doing the hard thing of letting go of old beliefs, of resting, of calming down, or it's actually showing up and creating some proof for yourself that you can do it. Because once you start putting yourself first and showing up for yourself, you will have so much more energy, so much more everything to leak into the rest of your life. That's my little bow. Now it's your turn. Right, I've got two ways that I want to sum this up. <laughs> everything that we've said about the uh, the fact that... Let's start again. 
everything we've said about the fact that intolerance testing doesn't work goes double when you step out of the realm of human beings. There are a lot of people that I know who are incredibly intelligent, who understand that food intolerance testing doesn't work and you don't need to buy loads of supplements. And then they forget all of that when it comes to their dog. There is absolutely no scientific validated, scientifically validated way of testing if your dog has allergies. So if you send away a hair sample or a blood sample of your dog and that goes to a company and that company tells you all of the things your dog is allergic to, that is a non-scientifically validated test. The only way to test if your dog's allergic to anything is by doing an elimination diet. And I think that's just emblematic of everything we've been talking about today because I know a lot of very skeptical people who will shit on allergy tests and intolerance tests for human beings, but will then send away and then cut all of the foods out of their dog's diet. Like it doesn't work like that. And dog supplements are even more unvalidated than human supplements. So just like shop very carefully. Um, and then the other, the other, the other thing that I wanted to sum up was if you've got a problem, don't assume that it's because of nutrition. So there's a, a great there's a great analogy that I like, right? So imagine you're walking down the street at night and you look across the road and there's a person looking frantically in the grass. You go over and you say, are you okay? And they're like, no, I'm not okay. I dropped my wedding ring. I don't know where it is. And you're like, okay, so is, is did it fall around here? And they're like, no, I'm just, I'm just looking here in the light. And they're like, well, why are you looking here? Where did you drop it? And like, well, I dropped it over the other side of the road. Okay, well, why are you looking here? Well, it's like, well, this is where the light is. And this is what people do. That if they have a bit of an understanding of nutrition, they will always look for nutrition as the solution to their problems. And I understand this urge. I absolutely get it. This is human nature. That's why the analogy exists. But if you're experiencing fatigue, if you're experiencing bloating, if you're experiencing all of these different symptoms, don't assume that it's a food you're eating. If you are experiencing allergy symptoms, maybe it's the things you're washing your clothes in. Maybe it's the season is causing the trees to be a bit different. Maybe it's a new skin cream you've tried that you responded negatively to. Maybe it's the fact that you're training too much. Maybe it's the fact you're not sleeping enough. Maybe it's the fact you're drinking too much caffeine. There are all sorts of different reasons why you might not feel tip top all the time. And if you are a nutrition person or an exercise person, don't assume that the solution lies within your area of expertise, just because that's all you know. Like, be willing to ask for help and be willing to look elsewhere. But when you do that, make sure you're not asking for help from naturopaths. I want to quickly touch on that last bit before we end this. And that's because I say the same thing a lot of the time to my girls, because as soon as they have the littlest bit of anything, they're like, I don't know what's wrong with my diet. I don't know what I'm eating that's wrong. I'm like, why are we looking to food for your bloating right now or for your lethargy right now or for this, that, and the other? Are you drinking enough water? Are you actually salting your food? How was your sleep last night? How's your stress? What happened on the weekend? And then you end up with a whole list of possible things that could go wrong that are not tied to your food. Not everything is a food issue. It's actually ridiculous how everything is just pinned to food these days. Like, I wonder what I'm eating that's wrong. I wonder what I need to cut out. No. And I said this before and I'll say it again just to sum this up. Going to get a blood test is going to do jack shit to figure out your fatigue and all this other stuff because it's just showing you symptoms that are flashing and it could be anything that's causing those. And you can't just band-aid that thing and expect the thing to go away. You need to actually sort the thing that's leaking and not just patch up the roof. 
Like, mm. what is causing that? There is no point going to say, I wonder if my iron's low. How about the fact that you hardly ever sleep? And like everything that Tom said, you're living off caffeine. You're drinking coffee right before you go to bed so you're not having good quality sleep. You're drinking a shitload of alcohol. You're taking fast food all the time. Like, first, nail down on your habits and your lifestyle. And, yeah, I think we summed everything else up. I hope you guys enjoyed this. and. We have quite a few topics that we want to talk about coming up still, and we're getting so much good feedback on our little anti-wellness winkery things. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate all the feedback. It's nice. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone.